Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Colts cast. We're here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Smith, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo, yo. Please be sure to follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at the Colts cast and our Instagram is at Colts cast. Do it right now. <laughs> Not only will you see new episodes posted there, but you will see posts from us, polls we run, exciting highlight videos, uh, crazy memes, anything in between. I had to put a little rhyme in there. Also, we've officially started our YouTube, uploading our podcast on there, so be sure to check us out. Subscribe to our channel. That'll really help us out on there. Ah, man. I've kind of missed potting, you know. I think yeah. we took an episode break. You know, it's bye week. Had to take a little break. But welcome back, Colts Nation. It's 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 time to go again. Because we, we're about to we about to tear these Vikings up, right? On a Saturday at one o'clock. What's up? Oh, baby. I hope you had a good week off from watching the Colts. I did. You know, I, I think it was much needed after some of the performances in recent weeks. I believe we are mathematically still in the hunt for the AFC South. <laughs> Can you believe that? It's probably like a 3% chance, but if the Titans lose out, we went out, theoretically. You know. All I'm going to say is last season mathematically we had a 99 percent chance to make the playoffs and we figured out a way to make that one percent so anything is possible (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i don't want to entertain that idea but i thought i just mentioned that um i think what's really important right now is that we moved up in the tankathon the official tankathon we are number seven overall Mm, i like it Mm. and since since you know, we have a legitimate chance of cracking that top five. But I guess I'll ask this question real quick since we do have that chance. Jamal, do you think you could see us going for a non-QB position in the first round? Like, let's say we have a top six pick, top seven, top five. Um, what? Who, who do we go after? You know, if Ballard is still there, if he's still there, I guarantee you he will say, I don't want a QB. I'm going to go for an offensive lineman or some defensive player, maybe a cornerback or a DN. I could easily see him doing that. Is is that the wrong pick? Yes. Yes. We need a quarterback. Yes. The line has sucked. Yes, obviously. But Ballard knew coming into this season that we were going to have trouble at, at the tackle position. Decided to throw that out the window and not worry about it. We have a all-pro guard who we've paying out the wazoo, a great uh, a great center who's had an off year this year, who we're still paying a lot of money to as well, as well as a, a really good right tackle that we're paying money to. So I think that he thought in his heart of hearts that we could figure out a way with two makeshift people, especially after drafting uh, Raymond. Uh, once he finally got his feet wet, they put him in, threw him into the wolves a little bit. But going back to what I talked about during the draft episode, when we first drafted him during the summer, I talked about the fact that as as excited as I am, he played at a small school, Central Michigan, I think it was. So small school, never had a chance to really have that SEC, uh, you know, or, or Big Ten or Pac-12 
competition going into him, and it showed this year. I think he's definitely, you know, progressed and made a lot of uh, a lot of um, um, ground this year. But I do think that the lack of football experience, as well as the lack of playing in a major conference, has definitely shown. Uh, and Ballard realizes that this year. So I say all that because I could easily see him saying, if he's still there, we need to get alignment so we can make up for what's going on because it's showing. Um, we we continue to blame. Matt Ryan uh, for a lot of things, but the O-line obviously has not been playing well at all this year. And I could just see him saying, we need to do this instead of going for a quarterback because we still have a quarterback in our back pocket, whether that be Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, or Sam. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts where we take Peter Skaronski out of Northwestern, who's supposed to be, I mean, a a really good tackle. Like, yeah, really good, but... You know, I say that because the mock drafts are going to be ever-changing. Mm-hmm. We might slip up and get a top-five pick. Then we're starting to talk about, you know, some generational talent like Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. I mean, arguably the best player in the draft, you know, non-QB. So I think the Colts and the front office, they, they have a tough decision to make because on one hand, you need a quarterback of the future, but – we we've known the Colts culture for you know the past five or six years. They don't they don't draft QBs in the first round. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Now I don't think we get a top two pick, top three. So unless Bryce Young just stinks it up in the pre draft process, it seems like the Texans are pretty done with Davis Mills. So I mean we're left with you know C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. You know do they believe he's or any of those three quarterbacks, do they warrant a top three pick, a top five pick? I mean, these are questions we're going to have to answer too. Like we have oh, to yeah. make a serious assessment on that. But I was just curious because yeah. we are moving up. I, I wanted your thoughts on that. But back to the game. Indianapolis Colts visit the Minnesota Vikings. We're 4-8-1. and one. They're 10-3. and three. What is it, week 15, week 14? Mm-hmm. It's week 15, I think. 14. It's one of them weeks. 14. I think it's week 14. <laughs> Saturday. You know, we got flexed into that game. Saturday, December 17th. Uh, I think the injuries, we, we don't really have much concerns. I think uh, uh, I think Kenny Moore is going to be out, and Brandon Faison, your boy, is going to be out. Um, so. Yeah, why is that my boy? <laughs> I know that's your homie, so... Yeah, we go way back. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be out. But one injury, one injury that I did want to uh, kind of touch base on real quick, um, it's, it's actually from the Vikings side. He's going to be playing this week, but center Garrett Bradbury. Um, he's going to be mm. playing out, and I'll talk about him a little bit later on, but he was injured, and I think this is a prime time for us to utilize his injury. You know, not obviously to hurt him, but to bring extra pressure at times mm. against him. But we'll talk about that. But Bradbury, I just want to mention that. We'll definitely talk about that. So, you know, yeah, Kenny Moore, not sure if he's going to play. Um, looks like think, he didn't I practice. I think they've already said he was out. I he's think out, said, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they did. Mike Strawn is also out. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Faison is doubtful, so I'm going to go with he's out. Uh, Braden Smith probably plays but we don't know yet i think he had an illness so not too many injuries i know we're used to seeing a lot more than that so i think that's pretty good on our side jamal 
talk to me about this matchup. What what's gonna happen when we visit Minnesota? Mm, man, this is gonna be a scary matchup. Uh, I, I I really don't know. You know, we get a we got a week off, which is nice. We had the the latest bye week, uh, which was actually the very last week you can have a bye week. So that's pretty wild to think that we had all that time. But I think we may see something similar to what we saw with Jeff Saturday's first game here. Uh, we're gonna see we're gonna see a lot of spunk. Um, get some time off to relax and give some R and R. Really focus on the game plan and understand what's going on. This week, Jeff Saturday doesn't have the pressure of getting straight into the fire and have someone, you know, breathing down his back. Parks is going to have a chance to actually sit there and review film and and, and prepare for this. Uh, players get a little bit of a break, so I do think that players will come out refreshed. But I don't think it'll change much for us in the grand scheme of things. Um, I, we'll talk about score predictions and all that later. But I just want to talk about hard stats because those numbers mean a lot in this day and age with us. When we take a look at our offensive stats here, I mean we're, we're still we're still averaging you know what sixteen uh, sixteen point what is it? Oh, I'm sorry, my nose went away. Sixteen point two points a game, which so we're just above the the Broncos. And when I look at that, that scares me because we're still not putting up a lot of effort. Even with that, even with our Cowboys game we had the other day, offense is still not firing on any cylinders for what it's worth. I take a look at Jonathan Taylor. He's been actually pretty consistent over the entire season. Uh, he's averaging 4.5 for us, uh, but he's been hovering at that 20 attempts per game. 20, 20 attempts per game is what he's been averaging over this past five games or so. Only time he's gone higher than... Then 30 is one time this season. That was against Houston at the beginning of the season for game one where he had his most carry or most yards, 161 yards, I believe it was. So you really you really want this man to rush 40 times a yeah, game. I still I do. don't understand that. Because because I watched Matt Ryan get behind quarterback and throw the ball on average 36 times a game and does absolutely nothing for us. So that's why I want to see it. We do this. It's so, it's so predictable. It's so predictable. We're going to sit there and probably probably throw the ball on first down, run it on second down, throw it on third <laughs> down, punt it on fourth down because we're not going to get past the first down marker. So, yes, as much as I hate to, to see JT's – Body just get hammered. I mean, I think that at some point, when do we abandon the throwing it 35, 36 times a game? You're guaranteed Matt's going to throw the ball 35 times a game or have 35 attempts. Now, I don't know. I can't speak on there going to be quality passes or not, but you're guaranteed to have that. And then we're going to have JT who's going to get, who's going to start to warm up, get warm. He's not going to get hot, but he's going to start to warm up. And then we're going to say, nah, I just can't. We're going to throw the ball now again. Don't worry about it. And, and while I'm going to go ahead and go down this this rabbit hole you just sent me down, when I look at that, the reason why I have the biggest issue with that, Eric, is there's no consistency with our receivers. Every receiver is an every-other-game receiver. We look at Alec Pierce stats. Great game last week. Week before that, nothing. Week before that, okay game. Week before that, nothing. It's every single week, Paris Campbell, decent game, nothing. Decent game, nothing. MPJ is the only person who's kind of averaging something. He's averaging between... 25 and 60 yards a game again inconsistencies across the board so I don't know whether that's that's receivers or Matt Ryan not really doing his thing but I just look at our passing game and we talked about last week with Jelani as well or maybe it was week before last I'm um, sorry because by week but how he had a big game then nothing and then we look back at his stats overall there's just no consistency. When I look at receivers, when I look at these 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 key players for the game, I'll, I try to follow trends, and there are just no trends there. We got 37 passes. 
with 27 of them, or with 20 of them being checkdowns for five yards, seven yards, eight or nine of them being a 10 to 15 yard dumper, and then five or six of them being a deep ball that we get lucky on one or two of them. So, yeah, I'm tired of seeing the ball getting thrown 37 times a game. I, I'd rather see JT get at least 25 carries, 27, because when we're getting 21 or 22 carries a game, and he's averaging four and a half yards a carry, I mean, those numbers are going to continue to add up versus a mediocre 35 or 37 passes, 21 completions, averaging 3.9. We'll be back after a quick break. If, if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around the yeah. decade, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team, came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. Well, you got to admit receivers will have their bad days. Mm-hmm. They, they're not always going to like, we don't have a Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. type talent. So you can't expect them to put up 80-plus yards every game. Yeah, but I expect them to to at least put up 40. I mean, I think when we look at Alec Pierce's numbers, when we see what he's done over the past couple of games, I mean, I, I just think it's hard to sit here and justify that we think that he has been – or that his consistency has been there. Um well, he Looking doesn't right. get targeted a lot. You know, he, he's not getting targeted every single game. Right, right. He's not. But I look at he had eight targets last week, 86 yards. Week before that against Pittsburgh, two targets, zero yards. Week before that, eight targets, 28 yards. Week before that, two targets. Week before that, two targets. So, I mean, there's just like it's all over the place. MPJ is the only person who's going to get guaranteed 10 targets a game. You're right. But when he has 10 targets, seven catches for 37 yards, I mean, that that does nothing. The ball isn't going anywhere. Well, either way, and there's no way in any game scenario I think you can abandon the passing game. So Yeah, you can't abandon it, but I like a more of a 50-50 split, I guess. So, I mean, we could do that, you know, but I don't know. If, I don't know how Taylor feels about getting – 30 plus carries a game like Derrick Henry gets gets pounded mm-hmm. every single game and and it's pretty successful for them because they're limited with what Ryan Tannehill can do with his probably bottom five receiving core that yeah. that receiving core isn't great either so with the with the loss of AJ Brown but no nah, I don't know I I think Matt Ryan is in a a prime position to bounce back let me go ahead <laughs> I'm just saying, so we're fresh off a bye week. We're going against a terrible defense. Terrible. And and by terrible, I mean Vikings, they're allowing the most passing yards per attempt at 7.6 yards. That's a lot. That's the worst in the NFL. You, you also have to admit, like, the Vikings are, like, the worst 10-win team I've ever seen. I... <laughs> Not only is their defense really bad, giving up 27.3 points over the last three games, but 
I mean, <laughs> you're sitting in here, you're looking at a team. They're, they're, they're supposed to be a high-level team. And then you look at their point differential. Everyone knows what that is, right? Gaps between points scored and points allowed. So a positive number indicates that you're scoring more than you allow and vice versa. The Vikings are negative one. And they they have 10 wins and three losses. That That doesn't add up to me. Because let me put this in perspective to show you how bad that is relative to other 10-win teams. Other teams that are, you know, blowing opponents apart. Philadelphia, plus 138. Dallas, plus 131. Buffalo, plus 132. Kansas City, plus 86. San Francisco, plus 120. So you're telling me all the other elite 10-plus win teams are winning games by that much of a wider margin than Minnesota? That means Minnesota's just scraping by. They're barely getting by, which you could argue. Vikings fans will argue, yeah, we do enough to get the game done. That tells me you're just not as elite as your record indicates. So that also tells me the Colts can win this game. And when you add on a bad defense, a well-rested Matt Ryan, another week where Jeff Saturday and Parks Fraser can get their feet a little bit wetter in this offense, in this in this coaching staff, I, I think it's a perfect bounce-back game for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, there, there's a lot of mistakes we made. You know, we got to stop turning the ball over. You know, we got to get, just like you said, Jelani Woods, one week 100 yards, the next week zero zero targets. Makes no sense. We got to get some plays designed to get our playmakers the ball more often. So that goes with, you know, Alec Pierce as well. Like, find a way to get him the ball. He's shown flashes of upside just – being able to win contested catches easier than any of our other receivers, arguably. You know, got to stop going three and out, gassing out our defense. That That's really bad. I mean, we can't just have our defense out there all the time. Yeah, offensive line, just got to be better, up to their potential. Coaching staff, got to coach better. I, I we We have problems all around, but... I don't know. I don't think the Vikings are as good as the record shows. So that's just me, though. I won't argue that one bit. I mean, I, I really won't. Um, it, there's, there's. I don't need to really add anything else to what you said with those numbers because they speak for themselves. But I do have one question for you. Would you say that Matt Ryan was well rested the against the Raiders game? You think that's why he performed better because he's well rested? The game we won, Jeff Saturday's first game. I, you could argue that I'm not. Back, I'm. I'm gonna tell you from why. Injury. He no. He Got came back from straight. being. He came back from being set on left bench. That's why he came out there with the with the, with the chip on his shoulder with the head full of steam. I we, I doubt we see that Matt Ryan again. I doubt it. I doubt he, it. He might lose his job this time around. Mm, Jeff Saturday. The only thing I could see that will maybe happen, and because Jeff Saturday is a hypocrite for this one, so I hope he is a hypocrite this week around too. Is when he came in. He said that Sam was going to be the starter on that whatever day that press conference was. <laughs> then that weekend, oh, just kidding, Matt's the starter. So just the other day he said, we're rolling with Matt. So I would like to see a little surprise and say, oh, just kidding, Nick's going to start or Sam's going to start. I know it won't happen. Um, but it's just one of those things where, again, what? chip on the what? shoulder is a lot different. Chip on the shoulder is a lot different than you coming out here because you're well-rested. Big difference. What, what do y'all want to see from Nick Foles? Why do y'all want Nick Foles I, to start? I don't want Nick Foles to start. I'm just saying that it's just the point that we have a quarterback, another quarterback on the bench, who who we can sit here and play the game of, oh, he had a terrible game against the Patriots, against a quarterback 
demolisher, a rookie quarterback or or an inexperienced quarterback demolisher in Bill Belichick, who who loved that. He probably would have done half the same thing to Matt Ryan as well. He would have carved him up because he did in Super Bowl. Different story for a different day. Um, but besides that one game that Sam has a bad one, I mean, I just look at it as one of those things where what are you going to lose? What are we losing right now from continue, from not letting someone else step in there? I don't necessarily want to see Nick Foles play. I don't care about that. I care about your who you drafted as a potential candidate to be a quarterback for whatever time frame. Not saying he's going to be the future of the, the franchise, but some kind of a time frame, and you're not even letting him touch the field. You let him touch the field for one game and said, all right, never mind. We're going to put you back on the shelf. So if Sam Ellinger were to start and ball out, the rest of the regular season, mm-hmm. you would opt out of drafting a quarterback. No, I didn't say that. No, no, so no. So then no, what's no. the point? No. What's the point? Because if he's still going to be on your – unless you plan on letting him go at the end of the year. unless you're going to let him go. He's QB3. He's there if both of them tear their ACL. <laughs> That's true. He is there for that reason, that particular reason only. However, I, I don't know. I mean, would you consider – would you rather just have someone sit there and continue to deteriorate – and show no upside and make no one else better on your team because no one else is getting better from getting ducks thrown at them all game long. No receiver is going to run a better route. We've watched week after week of miscues on balls thrown, whether that be too short, too too wide, too too high, too low. How is that making any receiver better? That's not making anybody better. I'd rather see someone in there who can ride the bench during when when our primetime QB will be there if and when it happens this draft or not. With, and at least let it, someone get a chance, let these young receivers get a chance to get out there and, and make a play or learn or get better. I don't and know. Maybe that's an off-season task. We, we pay Matt Ryan all this money. He's going to play those remaining games. I mean, yeah, I guess you got to get your money's worth. But <laughs> Unless rough. Colts Nation tells me that Sam Ellinger is a potential answer at quarterback long-term, I don't really – I don't think it matters who starts under center. It just it, if we're not looking towards the future with him, which it doesn't seem like we are, because right, you're right. Everyone on social media is is looking at these quarterbacks coming out this draft, and mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out who we want, who we should draft. And there's a lot of differing opinions, which is good. That I like, you know, I like being open minded going into the situation to see what you know who we can be- best draft, but. You know, you Sam Ellinger stands. Unless you guys tell me he is the potential future of this franchise, I don't. I don't know. Matt Ryan probably does give us technically the best chance to win. He's he's a veteran. I know he's made a lot of mistakes. We've seen him have pretty good games against the Raiders, against the Jaguars. Raiders suck. That's fine. They're still an NFL team, so. Um, I'm just saying, like, I don't think Jeff Saturday has much of a choice. But <laughs> yeah, anyway. I mean, we could argue that all day. Yeah, we'll keep it rolling. But I will agree to disagree. Um, Vikings offense really good. I could yeah. see this game being a shootout. They have a lot of weapons. You know, they have T.J. Hawkinson, Justin Jefferson, an Asian Adam Thielen. They have Dalvin Cook. Their offensive line is pretty good. I know you said they have some injuries, but mm-hmm. they protect Cousins pretty well. They they give Dalvin Cook the running lanes he needs. Like they're they're a good run blocking team. Christian Darisaw and Brian O'Neill they've been very good this year at that tackle position. Um, 
I I just say with that being the case, let's attack the interior then. That means Grover Stewart, DeForest Buckner. I need you guys to step up. We don't blitz a lot. We don't blitz at all sometimes. So if we can drop seven back in coverage and apply pressure, I don't know. We could make the day tough for Cousins and company. But I I think this could be you know a potential shootout. I actually I don't know. I I really think we can limit the Vikings' offense. I I I think Justin Jefferson lined up with Stephon Gilmore is a good matchup. Like for us, I don't know. I, I we've seen Justin Jefferson get shut down this season a few games but you know arguably the best receiver in the NFL right now he just dropped 223 yards on 11 receptions against the Lions but it's weird because in week two he dropped like 30 yards against them Mm -hmm. but then when you watch him you watch the games he plays in how do you cover this man so it'll be interesting because like I said, I mean, Dallas, Philadelphia, the Jets, they've shut him down. They've kept him under 50 yards this season. So there's hope. You know, he doesn't just blow past every corner and safety every single game, you know. But except those, you know, three or four teams I've mentioned, he, he goes over 100 yards like every game. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of, boom, lots of boom games, a few busts in there. So he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Route running – to me is you know how you succeed at being a receiver it separates the best from the mediocre from the average from the worst he just finds a way to get open he's always open and then the problem with him is even if he is open like he wins contested catches so it's he's a problem Stefan Gilmore though is another problem for him he's gonna have his hands full but you know we've seen Gilmore this season on Devontae Adams we've seen the lockdown capability he has, I think he can limit that ceiling on Justin Jefferson. I don't think he goes over 100 yards against us. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah, no, I, I think you must have been looking at my notes and I have my sh- screen shared to you earlier because I uh, pretty much said a lot of the same thing you did, man. I, I, I really think that we have to tear up the interior. D-Buck, Grover, they got to come in heavy. And I would like, I know you mentioned that we don't blitz a lot, but I would love to see some blitz this game, especially against a... Um, a ridden center. I mean, send the pressure in the interior. Eat it up. We know Yannick has eight and a half sacks this season, but have been very, very quiet sacks. You know, it doesn't even feel like he's had that much because there hasn't mm-hmm. been much explosiveness with it. Let's attack. Let's attack this interior line and make Kirk work for it. I'm okay with Dalvin getting 100 yards rushing this game because All he's right, been, he's been uh, No, it's fine. It's fine because... If if he's getting that, then hopefully that means that we're t- we're locking down uh, Jefferson. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna ever say <laughs> it's fine for the opponent to get a hundred rushing yards from a running back. <laughs> I I it's a, I think it's okay for him to have an okay game though. When I when I look back at the games like you were just talking about uh, against New York and Dallas and Detroit, those games where Jefferson didn't really do much. Besides the New York game, his targets were down. Dallas five targets, three receptions. Uh, Detroit, six targets, three receptions. I'll be curious to know whether that was because Kirk was getting pressure applied to him or he was just getting shut down. I didn't look that up, so I'm not entirely sure. But I would think maybe they could even go hand-in-hand, which would make me think that if we can get some kind of pressure on Cousins all game long, especially with Gillilock over there, we may be in decent shape. We're I think we're going to feel Kenny Moore not being there. I know he hasn't done a ton this season, but I still think we we miss his presence there. 
um, some, but I, I, I really think that we do have a chance to allow just Jefferson to have an okay game and what we can, we can find a way to shut him down, um, to a, to a minimal game if possible. We'll see, man. Where's your, where's your boy? What's your boy Clayton Adams doing? Uh, my boy Clayton Adams. Yeah, he took a coaching job at Stanford. He left us. Yeah, I man, I don't know. It's getting rough out here for the Colts. It is. It is. First Frank or no? First Marcus Brady, then Frank Wright. Yeah. And we hired Jeff Saturday, no experience. And we gave it to Parks Frazier. Now, our tight ends coach has left the building. There's a lot going on. It bugs me that that's his all offensive stuff. I don't know what it exactly. is, but and it, it's scary. It makes sense that our offense is failing for yeah. this exact reason. <laughs> yeah. All right, so, let me ask you this other question, too, real quick, though, because I, I want to get your opinion. With with what we have going on, would you like to see, a, if we were to move on to a new head coach next year, would you like to see a defensive mind or an offensive mind being the head coach? With our situation and just how I've always felt, you know, offensive-minded head coaches, they they seem to grab my heart. I mean, I won't hate a defensive-minded head coach, but you better be a good defensive-minded head coach. You better mm-hmm. bring our defense top five level, top ten at least, because our offense needs work right now. Yeah. So that's where my bias comes in, and we have to fix it. And that head coach, they need to bring the right coaching staff for the positions as well. They need to hire the right offensive coordinator because that spot is empty. They need to figure out if Gus Bradley is the one. Like, Really, we just need an experienced head coach, really good one. I would like for them to be offensive-minded. Yeah, me too. I like that answer. Yeah. It just, just, just with our track record this season – I, you have to steer in that direction because that that's where we're not executing at. So, yeah. Well, I guess my last question for you then, man, is what's your score prediction since you said it's probably a pretty tight game? What you think? I think Colts take him down. Ooh. I think Matt Ryan has a has a good game on the road. <laughs> Fresh, I'm telling you, that bye week, man. You know, he'd been sending some ice baths just thinking, like, what can he do to keep his job? Things like that, you know. <laughs> I got my receivers in the ice baths, too. Just re- Alec Pierce wants another touchdown. Yeah, he does. He does. Paris he does. Campbell, he going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor, you know he's always ready. That O-line, they're tired of seeing that criticism on social media. They, I, I wish I could hey. say that, dog. I don't know. <laughs> like, because every time I see something or hear an interview, it's just like, oh, you know, this is from all along. We just got a couple things. We got to get better. I like. I know you're always going to give a vanilla answer because it's not in your you know job description to come out and and down talk anything. But like, I mean, be a little real here. Be a little real. You know, there are issues somewhere. I, I don't know where. I don't know where. I, I, I do like hearing players take accountability. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of players aren't good on good about that on the Colts. But hey, pride is the devil. But Look, I still think Colts take him down. All right, you know, all right. I, I'm thinking you know, like 23 to 20. Ooh. Ooh, okay. I think we limit them with our defense, and I think the offense has a bounce-back game. 
All right, I got to tell you, I think, oof, I think it will be a closer game than I personally think it will be. Um, I'd, I'd say the final score being 24 to 17. JT has one touchdown, rushes for 97 yards. So you think the Colts will win? No, 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 no. Vikings. <laughs> Vikings. Okay, you're taking the yeah. Vikings. 24-17. I mean that that would help us out in the tankathon. Yeah, yeah, you know I you know you know good and well I, I as much as I shouldn't say it, I want us to continue <laughs> our downward trajectory, but it within the interest of, of where it gets us in the future. Where I get future. tired of staying up till eleven o'clock Thank at you, night <laughs> and watching us get demolished. Like it would just be nice to get a win on yeah. the road. Yeah. Seeing them happy, like me being happy, <laughs> us being able to tweet some great things that happened with the Colts tonight, not just, oh, it's another shit show. Like, yep. I don't know. It just, it it affects my mental health, you know? <laughs> oh, that's that's fair to say, man. What you always like to remind Colts fans, too, though, you know, as much as I, I love winning, at this point in life, you guys got to remember, I know people like to harp on the past. Andrew Luck wasn't a, wasn't a uh, number two pick. Or number three, Peyton Manning wasn't a number two or number three pick. He was numero uno. Obviously, we're not going to get number one. But with that in mind, sometimes you got to just, you know, take your L's and keep it moving in life and, and get ready for next season. Dang. you talking about Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, two Dang, of the hey. greatest quarterback prospects <laughs> of the last century. All I'm going to say is... They didn't come in the second, the third round, or the number two or number three pick. Oh, <laughs> I didn't say that any quarterback in this draft compares to them. Don't ever in your life say I said that. We'll see. We Maybe will. someone can come out like that. That would be nice for us. But that's going to be it for us, everyone. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast today. We are live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you listening to podcasts. We'll be back after the game to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all have a good weekend. Take care. Have a good weekend.